This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. The online digital experience not just provides point-to-point patient-to-physician care. They can also write referrals to a specialist, send prescriptions directly over to the pharmacy. A lot of pharmacies deliver these days, so there can be very little actual hand interaction. You can see a doctor, have your prescription sent and delivered, and you're the last point of contact. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll discuss pivoting from live to digital health. We'll hear how to bring hand washing to remote locations. We'll learn about pre and post home workout protocols. And lastly, we'll consider mood boosting foods. But first, a little bit of business. Jack Nathan Health offers Canadians convenient care with 74 multidisciplinary clinics located within Walmart stores. The largest ever Jack Nathan Health Medical Centre is now open in Vaughan, Ontario at 8300 Highway 27. The new 8300 square foot clinic offers integrated services for the whole family, including family medicine, physiotherapy and chiropractic, chronic pain management, massage and a registered dietitian. There's also an on-site Dynacare blood laboratory plus same-day referrals, walk-in appointments and a new annual health assessment option. Jack Nathan Health is a one-stop shop for proactive health management. For more information, visit jacknathanhealth.com. Our first guest, George Barakat, co-founded Jack Nathan Health in 2006, where he cultivated the company from a lean startup to a leader in Canadian healthcare, servicing over 2 million patients across Canada. George has helped shape a new healthcare format by improving access to quality primary care in state-of-the-art medical clinics in retail environments across the country. Today, George is an authority in healthcare and in business and has traveled extensively nationally and internationally, building and sustaining important global relationships and partnerships. Welcome back to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Jamie. How are you? And uh, hopefully you're, you and your family are staying well and safe. We're all good. That's good. It's a truly unprecedented, almost historical time set that we're in at this moment. I agree with you. And, you know, I was excited about doing the interview with you today because I know you are at the front lines being in the healthcare industry and and having the clinics and just seeing what's going on out there with all the limitations and, and personal contact. I find it fascinating how there's been a pivot in healthcare right now. So what's going on with your amazing clinics? Well, you know what? For the most part, all of our clinics have remained open. Uh, They are frontline operators. It's not without fear. I mean, uh, the majority of our clinics are pre-screening, may have their doors closed. Uh, They obviously have all the necessary PPE and protective uh, devices that they need at this point, running short, running low, as, as everybody is. However, you know, we're very committed to providing health care to Canadians and COVID or no COVID, we're there to help. So what does that look like now? I mean, it's not business as usual. So what's happening? It definitely isn't. Uh, And again, going back to how patients are greeted at the front door, it's really going to be a function of what the physicians and the clinics are comfortable with. Uh, We've shipped plexiglass dividers to all of our clinics to prevent any kind of splash occurrences. 
And I think the biggest item that we launched was our digital strategy. So while this was percolating or matriculating the COVID over the March break, we ended up taking a telemedicine operation that we primarily launched in Cornwall and Markham and evolving it into a complete digital strategy so that you can log on to jacknathanhealth.com or visit walmart.ca on their health tab and literally see a virtual doctor anywhere in Canada at this point. Wow. Yeah, and the provincial codes have been expanded so that it is part of your public health care offering, so it makes it very easy and convenient. You have a choice of seeing a doctor virtually face-to-face or via phone. Is this covered by OHIP? It is. Okay. And so there must have been some really interesting challenges in rapidly expanding. I mean, thank God you had an existing program, but the logistics in in rolling it out nationwide, I I mean, that must have been, you must have been very busy, sir. (laughs) Very busy. And, you know, to my team's credit, we ended up launching from in-store telemedicine to online telemedicine in a matter of five days. Wow. Yeah. And within two weeks, I had it launched on walmart.ca. So, again, these are unprecedented times, and we had to react quick, and our team had to react at breakneck speed, but we did it. And we're online, and it's been a whirlwind of acceptance, praise, and uh, most of all, if you're taking care of a loved one, it's really helped. The online digital experience not just provides point-to-point patient-to-physician care, they can also write referrals to a specialist, send prescriptions directly over to the pharmacy. A lot of pharmacies deliver these days, so there can be very little actual hand interaction. You can see a doctor, have your prescription sent and delivered, and you're the last point of contact. So uh, is there tracking? Can you sort of see what's going on? Or Absolutely. The system is set up so that there is, prior to interaction, you will receive a text and an email of when your appointment is. If it's an instant appointment, it'll happen right away. From there, there is a a follow-up email on what transpired in the interaction and where your prescription has been sent. And from there, you will either get a call from the pharmacy or if you checked off that you want it delivered, it would be delivered right to your door. Are your doctors able to diagnose, George? Absolutely. Well, I mean, they can't obviously do suturing or bloodletting. But for the most part, with regards to prescription refills and quick diagnosis, you can't beat it. So, for example, if I were to call in and, you know, the doctors can't do a diagnosis over video, is there the opportunity to come into the clinic to follow up or is that something that's not going to happen? No, absolutely. Again, all of our clinics have remained open. I I believe that the protocols have changed and depending on the location situation, they're either pre-screening or uh, glass doors are shut because the waiting rooms are no longer safe in some of the areas. And patients are being met in the clinic prior to pre-screening on an individual basis. So it's for us, it's uh, lack of a better word, business as usual. And we're very thankful that we have an amazing frontline team of physicians. I mean, these guys are really the heroes, without a doubt. Yeah, I think everybody would agree with that. So I'm really fascinated by how quickly you turned it around. But there must have been some challenges in pivoting to digital. What have you been experiencing? Well, I, I, some of the challenges were how do we make sure we have enough physicians to cover off coast to coast? Right. So we partnered with a couple of key platforms, and we designed part of the platform ourselves. And right now online, there are literally, if you visit a Jack Nathan Health 
com digital experience, you have access to near 7,000 physicians. Wow. So we were able to not just utilize our own physician rosters or uh, physician personnel. Many physicians in Canada have already signed up to utilize the app. So this allows you to do coverage in different time zones, I gather, right? So you have physicians in BC and in the Maritimes too? Coast to coast. Fantastic. What other challenges were there? I, I presume there might have been some glitches in the system, no? Or You know, other than figuring out once the occurrence takes place or the medical appointment is how do we get the prescriptions over to the patients, I think it was, for the most part, pretty smooth. Moving forward, I think, is going to be where the real win for the patient is going to take place. And maybe we'll talk about post-COVID. Yeah. Uh, really, this digital tool has provided efficiencies into referrals for specialists. So we can see this digital tool evolving into every one of our clinics that are in store to provide a caveat of ancillary or specialist services that could be received and administered digitally. So imagine you walk into a primary care clinic or a walk-in clinic, as an example, and your doctor makes a recommendation for you to see a skin therapist or a dietitian. Yep. You could virtually have that interaction in the clinic in one of the waiting rooms or one of the exam rooms and be connected to a virtual specialist. So there's going to be many benefits of digital interactions in the healthcare vertical moving forward. We believe this is just what had to happen, we needed to do, and more importantly, we were in a position of great responsibility that we couldn't let Canadians down. And how are the doctors and, and staff sort of responding to all this? Very well. It's been very well received. I mean, for the most part, virtual medicine isn't new. Yeah. On the scale that we have launched it and brought it to fruition, it definitely is something that hasn't been done on a coast-to-coast level at this point. Yeah, which is the real challenge, right? Because we both live in a small part of the country, but then we are so spread out as well. So I would imagine it is a challenge. It is. But, and again, I have to say, our teams have been excellent. The doctors, the frontline physicians have been wonderful. And more importantly, the patients have received it very well. What are you learning from the experience? What, what has it shown you and, and how do you think it can help to improve the product going forward? Well, I, what we've learned is that these may be prequel sets of what the new normal could look like. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I think potentially everything will get back to normal. Um, it did post-SARS and post other tragedies we've had in this world, but it's going to take some time. Yep. And these pieces that we've put into place at Jack Nathan are excellent transitional items that will make a patient and a consumer and a population base feel comfortable overall with seeing a physician because healthcare is here to stay. It's an essential service. I don't think that we're ever going to get to a point where a physician is never going to be needed, whether it's going to be in person or virtually. Where I think we're going to evolve to, and we've had several discussions in the past, you and I, Jamie, mm -hmm. is how are virtual tools going to help? Right. So what tools do you think, like, have you seen where there's gaps? Like, you know, nobody would expect you, you know, and getting live in five days, is just incredible. But obviously, you know, it's a process, right? So you're, you, I know you, you're, you're going to be striving to get it perfect and to improve it. So where are you turning your mind? Where do you see the improvements coming? I think, again, the improvements as a transitional tool today are exactly where they need to be. The improvements on the future is how can it benefit as a tool or a platform to supplement existing doctor and patient interactions that are in clinic 
and uh, in you know rural areas that may not have access to a caveat of physicians and specialist services. As a whole, for at-home health care in the future, this is going to be the impinging piece. And what I mean by that is if you look at a hospital, like I'll use example, Mark of Stovall, who has doing outpatient care with tools that monitor a patient once they're at home, telemedicine and virtual care will play a key role in physician-patient interaction for taking care of a loved one, whether it's going to be an elderly parent or someone that's going to require monitoring in their home rather than in the hospital. You know, what I think is going to happen is once people get a taste of virtual medicine, I think it's going to shape their opinions and their expectations moving forward post-COVID. I I agree. I think, you know, if you don't have to sit in a doctor's office for an hour waiting for your turn, then I think you're not going to do that going forward. And that's a great example because the new normal could be a combination. Right, exactly. People are still going to shop. They're still going to get out and go to their local stores. I mean, you're not going to do everything online. But if the virtual and in-person experience coexist and in, I guess, what a better term would be, they finally converge, then what we're doing is we're creating more efficiencies for the patient. And again, as a combination of in-clinic care to a virtual doctor to a virtual specialist to taking care of a loved one at home. You know, if anything, this pandemic has taught us is that we can be nimble. Right. We can, we can move very quickly. We can adapt. And more importantly, we can adapt rather quickly to where the future needs healthcare to be. And I think these efficiencies are also going to help the doctors too, right? Because it allows them to plan their day in a very different way, right? As opposed to endless back-to-back, you know, face-to-face meetings, maybe they say, okay, for these hours, we're doing all the virtual meetups. And then they become much more efficient with their time, right? Yeah, very, very good point. It definitely is something that physicians are looking at. They're appreciative of. They can call their own schedules and see patients in a virtual environment rather than just open their doors and have patients move in. But I don't think that's going to change. Yeah. I think we're just at a pause. Yeah, I agree. And what the future landscape looks like, and again, quoting the new normals, it will be something that will evolve naturally and gradually at this point because the digital tools are in place. And that's the important part to consider. Prior to this, telemedicine was a word. It was used. It was a billing code that the Ontario government had in place and uh, British Columbia had their own version of it and no other province had something that was OHIP equivalent that you could utilize and see a doctor virtually. Now, during COVID, every province has risen to the challenge and to the occasion and provided OHIP-style billing codes nationally because they understand where we are today. Now, going forward, we don't know what the physician billing structure will look like, but the tools are in place. And having a combination of that experience with an in-clinic experience is going to make the physician more efficient, the patient much happier, and the transition from interaction to prescription to specialists a lot more fluid. Which benefits everybody. Everybody. Well, you know, I'd love to have you back on the show and we can discuss if our prognostications are right. Uh, You're going to be back in a few months, yes? Yes, for sure. Anytime you would like, Jamie. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Okay, and you have a great day and be safe, be well, 
and take care of yourself. Thanks. That was George Barakat. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll hear how to bring hand washing to remote sites on the tonic. The tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy. Enjoy the detox. Enjoy the great taste. Purely natural liquid greens. Morning routine constantly delayed by bathroom lineups? Add another bathroom quickly and cost-effectively with SantaFlow. This advanced macerator lets you complete your project without any major renovations and the need to break concrete. Learn more about SantaFlow's plumbing solutions at santaflow.ca. That's S-A-N-I-F-L-O dot C-A. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Phil Warren brings more than 18 years of industry experience to this interview. On January 1st, 2020, he was named Santa Flo's National Sales Manager and previously held the position of Eastern Sales Manager. Prior to joining Santa Flo, Phil was the Director of Sales and Operations for the 360 Group of Companies. His background includes extensive experience in sales, business operations and development, distribution, and building and construction industry. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing really well. So, you know, we're all living through interesting times. And the one message that everybody's telling us is to wash our hands. That's the one thing that we can do to help slow the spread of COVID. But that's not always so easy uh, when you're not near running water. And your industry, which is construction, that's that's a huge issue, right? It is. It is. And construction, it's uh, today, and what we do at Sandy Flow Canada and Sandy Flow Worldwide is we're able to move gray water or black water to any t- sanitary systems in any infrastructure. It doesn't matter if it's construction or grocery stores or retail segments of industry. We're able to provide that solution to people to move their gray water sanitary systems. So exp- for those who don't understand, what is gray water and black water? That, that's wastewater, right? It is wastewater. So black water, for instance, is traditional you know, sewage. Right. In a sense that the sewage coming from your toilet or from your, your general household and gray water is traditionally from your showers, your sinks, and stuff like that. So it's very important to differentiate the difference between black water and gray water because we have different products that can have solutions to those types of applications. So why is it so problematic on site for people to remain sanitary? What, what are the issues that you deal with? Well, what I'm seeing now is, you know, what all these makeshift emergency response units from construction sites where there's large number of trade professionals being on in a, an industry site, for instance, you know, you can take a high-rise or regular, you know, row houses or multi-living homes. You know, there's traditional construction, for instance, when you're starting to erect these buildings, there's no traditional gravity drain set up or water flow going into these buildings. So as they connect their city systems or any water supply line, they still got to evacuate their gray water to an existing drain. And most times it's below grade or above grade. And to get that to point A to point B, some applications will require a pump to evacuate that water to the sanitary systems. So it's very important to understand the logistics of 
you know, A and B in a sense that when you're moving this water, where does it go? Does it drain in the, in the house that they're constructing right now, but there's no infrastructure such as fixtures already connected? How are they going to move that station or that water from point A to point B? And that's where we fall into that okay. category. So I used to when I used to practice law, I did some construction lean stuff. So I have a basic understanding of, of some of the mechanics. But for our listeners who may not understand, how would your system work? How would you get rid of the gray water, for example? So, for instance, you know, on a construction site, they would install a laundry tub with a faucet and a sink and plug in. They're going to use a water hose, for instance, a regular garden hose. Sure. Or even if they brought in a PEX line half inch to the faucet system and there was no drain. They can't just drain this on the grass or the ground where they're working. They have to be able to pump it into a system that's already in place, which would be the sanitary systems of, of the subdivision or the sanitary system of a single house or a single condo unit going in. So that sink alone would be connected to the water supply of that unit, and our system would be installed below the laundry tub, for instance, or any sanitary sink, and would evacuate that as the water is running, pumped and dropped by gravity into our pump, and our pump would evacuate up and across to the sanitary system. Okay, so essentially you're moving the water via this pump. And so can this work anywhere? Like, Like if there's no electricity, for example... Do you have, like, generators to help the pumps move along? Is that how it works? Well, if there's no generators or since, since there's no power on site, you're not going to be able to use our pump. Okay. Yeah, you can use a makeshift generator and, you know, a small little 1,500-watt generator to do so. But on most construction sites, most guys have generators and power supply to operate their tools, right? Yeah. So are there limitations on, on where the system can work, or, is, or are you pretty much good to go wherever? It's. Again, it all depends on every situation, right? So if you have, for instance, gravity where you can easily plug and play into a sanitary system, you would never utilize one of my pumps. Right. But if you had to evacuate this over 60 or 80 feet on a horizontal length and you had a bit of slope, you know, a quarter inch, for instance, on that 60, 80 feet, you could evacuate utilizing my pump to that drain that's 60, 80 feet away. So what are the implications for commercial use in this context? So, you know, if you're looking at high-rise, traditional high-rises, you know, most of the sanitary systems are in a central stack into the building, gravity feeding from floor to floor to floor. Right. You know, if I'm reading from what the government is saying, right, you know, most guys need to wash their hands periodically before they eat their lunch, before they start their shift, as they're taking their breaks. And, you know, these wash stations would probably have to be installed different areas of the construction site. And if they had to be 60, 70 feet away, for instance, how are they going to get that water from point A to point B, where it's easy to put a garden hose at 100 feet to a hot water tank that would be installed in this system, you know, as these guys are creating these mobile wash stations across Canada and probably North America, you know, our pumps can utilize that sink and that hot water tank, and they can utilize our system to evacuate that water back to that sanitary drain 60 or 80 feet away. Hmm. So on industrial sites, for instance, major construction sites or even industrial markets where you might look at a Ford assembly plant or a Chrysler assembly plant, you know, as they're rejigging their systems to, you know, go back to work in the next phase of our one, two, three phase as the government's implying where we're going to be going in the next few months. You know, everybody's still got to be that physical distancing, you know, that they're stating online. You know, how are people going to work today? I think these wash stations and every industry is going to be the new way of life coming forward. So, yeah, no, I agree. And I I think there's implications even beyond the building industry, right? Like I I could see this for use 
Gosh, you could use it in restaurants or, or even other applications, wouldn't you think? I'm looking at gyms right now where you got a treadmill side by side by side by side. You know, there's only one washroom, one system where you got multiple showers. How are they going to have people using opening gyms up, you know, like Good Life and this kind of stuff moving forward? You know, I think some wash stations are going to be in, installed in some of these types of applications, possibly grocery stores. We're doing a couple now. We're looking at probably even movie theaters where, you know, you wash your hands prior to going in to sit down in a movie theater. So there's there's many options out there where you can utilize our pump systems and, you know, create a new industry on application base based on our products. Yeah, I agree. Like I used to, I, you know, I host live events. So I and, and sometimes I hold them outdoors. And if there's a food component, you have to have hand washing stations. But I think, you know, that historically that was just for the food prep. But I think even like, so for example, with a yoga event that I used to host, like I think even having the hand washing stations at, at an events like that, where people are going to be getting together, I think is going to be crucial as well. And probably a precondition of people being able to get together. Absolutely. It's going to be something that's going to be a new norm in North America. And I think especially in Canada for what we're seeing on the news and what our medical officers are stating these days and what we're, I can read and, you know, and that just the highlight points, like yeah. there's a lot of people calling day in, day out for these things and, you know, for our systems to create this new norm. And uh, it's not just on the gray water, it's even on the black water systems, you know, on construction site where there are over 25 people, they need to have a full workable bathroom. So you got to have a toilet, a sink, and some applications you might need a shower. So our, our macerating and grinder systems or our lift stations could supply that kind of modular, you know, mobile toilet systems being on site for applications based on, you know, the guys are on site, 25 people, you need a toilet with a shower system, you know, in a trailer. We can operate those systems and, again, pump across gravity feet and then pump it across to the nearest sanitary drain. It doesn't matter if it's septic or city infrastructure. We can get that black or gray water to point A and point B in a matter of seconds. Fantastic. Are there residential applications for this? Absolutely. If you're looking at traditional where people are trying to look at redoing their basement, for instance, and they got to pump up on a septic system or the city infrastructure is higher than the gravity slope, our systems can pump those gray water or black water to their existing drains in their house without the need of major construction or breaking concrete. Uh, I always use the, a story where I met a fellow many, many years ago at a trade show saying that we saved his life when he had uh, four girls and he only had one bathroom and oh, he yeah. had a bathroom on a second floor. You know, traditional is gravity, but sometimes gravity is not always your best friend when you're doing a renovation because, you know, they cost a lot of money. You know, some applications could be five, ten, or even twenty thousand dollars to do a project, where a six or a thousand dollar unit, depending on the, the the applications and the solution you need, we're able to to provide that with our team. We have full time technicians in our office that are able to help the consumers or the trade person or the engineers calculate and design their features with our systems. Well, I can see how there's going to be a lot of interest in the SantaFlow product during COVID. But, uh, you know, we're going to come out of COVID. And uh, where do you see these solutions being used after we're we're through this mess? Well, you know, it's a funny thought, you know, moving forward. I think the new way of life is going to change a lot of the ways we work. So residential is always going to be a key thing for us where we're moving into, for instance, you know, traditional basements where they're adding a two-piece or a three-piece bath or a bar sink in the basement. You know, the last couple of years, we've been doing a lot of outdoor pool cabanas. We're doing a lot of hydroponics. 
you know, manufacturing plants. We're also getting into industrial in a sense that, you know, we're looking at the automotive industry on how we can supply them. Again, just new fixtures where traditional drains are not possible. So, again, we need to use a pump to pump across and up so we can get these systems going to the actual sanitary drains of that infrastructure. I think you're right. I think I, I see a lot of people are going to be nesting. You know, even after COVID, I think a lot of people are going to be investing in their homes for home improvement and to make their environment better because they're going to be spending more time there. If people have questions, where's the best resource to go? First of all, I would recommend everybody going to our website at www.sandyflow.ca. It's a very user-friendly website. They can look at products. They can look at application base, some case studies that we've done in the past. And, you know, they can utilize that site to go down. If they're looking at projects, they can get a hold of us at our 800 number or from our email address on our website from projects at sandyflow.ca. Or even call any of the local uh, retail or wholesale distribution or your, your plumbers, for instance. You know, your plumbers have very vast knowledge of what's out there. They're able to work with us and your plumbers can get a hold of us because we're always there to support the industry, support the consumers and support our trade professionals moving forward. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you very much. That was Phil Warren. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss pre and post home workout protocols on the tonic. Have no drain for a wash station on your construction site? Quickly and efficiently add one with SantaFlow's drain pump system. This advanced plumbing solution lets you evacuate gray water to the nearest sanitary drain. Learn more about SantaFlow's plumbing solutions at SantaFlow.ca. That's S-A-N-I-F-L-O.ca. Are you stressed out? Feel exhausted? Having trouble sleeping? New Roots Herbal offers natural supplements to help take the edge off, relax, and sleep better. Discover de-stress, chill pills, and sleep aid from New Roots Herbal. Natural ingredients and guaranteed purity for a better day and a restful night. Find these and other New Roots Herbal products exclusively at quality health food stores. For more information, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. Wayne Elliott here to share my great experience over the past 20 years with Strauss Heart Drops. If you've had bypass surgery, stents, have angina, diabetes, cold hands and feet, grayish blue lips or skin, I urge you to try Strauss Heart Drops and feel better again soon. Strauss Heart Drops saved my life and thousands of others without risk or harm. Go to StraussNaturals.ca to order online or find a store near you. I promise you won't be sorry. I hope you give this to yourself. Thank you. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Dr. Stacey Irvine is the co-founder of Totem Life Science. Through her work as a chiropractor and strength and conditioning specialist, Dr. Irvine's clientele ranges from beginners just starting out uh, on an exercise program to elite and professional athletes looking for advanced rehabilitation and training program strategies. She's made several appearances as a fitness expert on CityLine, Canada AM, Global Television Networks, City TV, WTN, and is frequently quoted as a fitness expert in Chatelaine, Glow Magazine, More Magazine, Zoomer, and the Toronto Star. Welcome back to the show. Great to be back. Yeah, great to have you back. So last month we discussed uh, how to MacGyver a home gym if you didn't have any equipment, because there's no equipment to be found in, in the city. But now let's talk about the actual workout when you're on your own in your home gym. It is important, and the fun thing is, is finally, for once in our lives, we have time yeah, exactly. <laughs> to do a good job of this. No excuses. No excuses. So we're seeing people 
work out more, which is so exciting. I'm seeing people out walking more. I'm seeing people out jogging more. I think it is really a move in the right direction for our whole society. As we talked about previously, exercise boosts your immune system. It lowers your stress hormones. And we all can use a bit more of that right now. So I'm really excited to see what's been happening. And I think the next step is now how do we get better at it? How do we get more efficient doing what we're doing? How do we look for more results from our workout? And some of that comes into the concept of what are we doing before and what are we doing after? Okay, so where do you want to start? Well, let's start with before the workout. I think that it's important that you set yourself up for success Mm -hmm. with anything that you're doing. And some crucial things to be aware of when you're thinking about heading into your workout is let's change for our workouts. Don't do them in your pajamas. You know, I really think we talked about the importance of routines before. More than ever, you want to get up. You want to get dressed, you want to brush your teeth, have your morning coffee or tea or, you know, hot water, whatever it is that you like to do. And I don't want you to just kind of stumble out of bed and and head into your workout. So let's think about wearing comfortable clothing, wearing the proper gear that we wear when we normally work out, because otherwise what's going to happen is your clothes are going to become an impediment to your workout and you're going to get frustrated and then you're just going to quit your workout. Yep. There's, you know, there's no one there making you keep going. So you want to be dressed properly for it. The second thing is you want to make sure that you are adequately hydrated. When we wake up in the morning, we're naturally dehydrated. So I would like to see everyone at least have kind of one eight-ounce glass of water or whether you like to have tea or coffee or, you know, those types of things. That's great, too. But spend a bit of time before you, you start sweating making sure that you're putting some of the water back into your body. Right. Yeah. People make the mistake of drinking only when they're fatigued in the middle of their workout, mm-hmm. whereas if you drink water in advance – you're not going to get to that point until later in your workout, but then also your body is already used to the water intake, which makes it easier to continue. Well, it's exactly that point. And on top of that, your tissues do not perform as well if they're dehydrated. Right. You are at a higher risk of injury because your ligaments, your synovial fluid, again, also doesn't perform as well in a dehydrated state. And you might actually feel more lethargic and eventually start to have a headache during your workout. And again, all those things are going to make you not do as good a workout as you could. If you just took, you know, it's only going to take like five, 10 minutes to drink a glass of water and, you know, maybe read a few headlines in the paper before you head down there. Or I say down because my gym's in the basement. But wherever you are to do your workout, really crucial to get some water into your body. What's your take on warm-ups? Are you the type of person that does all the stretching first or do you do active warm-ups? I do active. Yeah, I I prefer active as well. Mm -hmm. So my structure for a workout, and which I think the research has shown is kind of the ideal structure, is... You start with a more dynamic warm-up, and the key to warm-up is the word warm. Yep. Your goal is to increase your body temperature. However you want to do that, whether it's walking or whether it's you know starting some of the movements out slowly, that is the critical part of a good workout, is get your body warm 
first. We want to get the blood flowing. We want to get the synovial fluid into our joints. We want to have everything feeling mobile before we start. So I'll give you an example. Say that your workout for that day was a 30-minute jog, and then you were going to come back and, you know, do some squats and some push-ups and things like that. So what you would do is you would start by walking, and then you might want to do some leg swings and, you know, some arm circles and things like that, just imitating the movements that you will be doing on your run, and then you can start your run out slowly so that, again, you're warming all those things up slowly, and then you, get, you gradually build up to your really good speed. Now, say you're coming back to do your exercise part. Your body is warm, which is great, but maybe for your first set of the squats, you don't go quite as low as you do on the second set. So the first set becomes kind of a warm-up for the hardest part of your workout. Or maybe you do them without weights before yeah. hopping right into your mm-hmm. goblet squats yep. or something like that, right? Yep. Yeah, and a warm-up doesn't take long. It it really is just kind of going through some of the motions that you want your body to perform at a really good level, but the first set, you do them just a little bit less intense, and then the second set is the one where it's like you're really getting the benefit because you're pushing yourself a little bit harder. And part of what we're doing is prepping ourselves to exercise efficiently, but the other thing we've got to think about is avoiding injuries, and that's where I think we should go next. What would you recommend? Avoiding injuries is so, so important because as any of us that have had them knows how badly it derails all of your other movement throughout your day. Yes. And we want to avoid that at all costs because the other thing is all the clinics are closed. You're not going to be able to really go see your therapist either. But I have you on speed dial, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You've got access to me. We can do it virtually. However, we want to be careful in these times, okay? So, you know, we want to be able to be kind of self-contained as much as we possibly can. So the warm-up is crucial to prevent injury. I'm also a big believer in activation, of certain muscle groups prior to our workout. So I love to do things like planks and glute lifts, Mm -hmm. a little bit of ankle strengthening, and a little bit of posture work on my upper body. So then what I've done is I've activated the muscles properly that need to be used well during my workout. So, you know, you can easily do that by doing some bridging exercises, doing a plank before you start, and really doing like just a few kind of rowing exercises or anything that opens your chest up before you start, and that's going to get your body in a good position for the workout. So like pull-aparts and and Mm pass-throughs and things like that to sort of get the motion of your upper body working, is that it? You got it. Yeah, exactly like that. Okay, so sometimes, you know, we feel little twinges and little tweaks while we're in the middle of an exercise. Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes a decision can I work through this or do I have to stop? And, mm-hmm. and, and do you have any guidance for us there? I think in most cases, a twinge or a sharp pain means stop. Okay. Something that just feels slightly uncomfortable, like a little bit of tightness, you can work through. Right. And if you hear any noises or anything, you know, like a snapping or a, a you know, pop, a, yeah. like a sharp thing, I, again, I would stop. Let's err on the side of caution and let's say readjust, take a moment, you know, kind of try to assess 
where is the pain coming from? See if there's a type of a movement you can do to get the pain to go away. Right. Because in many cases there are. Sometimes it's just the position that you were in, your your body didn't like it. So, say, for example, a squat. Lots of times we do a squat and we'll feel some discomfort in our knees. So maybe we need to go stretch our quads out and try again. Or right. maybe we need to change the position of our feet. Maybe we need to go a little wider. So... I don't ever like to tell somebody, just keep working through pain because, again, I don't want you to end up with any type of a long-term injury. So I think, I think it's good to listen to our body. It's sending a signal for whatever reason. And don't stop, but maybe we readjust. Okay. I wanted to talk about cool downs, but before we get there, should we injure ourselves, heat or cold? Generally, it's cold. Okay. Um, heat can come later. Okay, but yeah, for the most part, we're saying as as soon as you can, just put a bit of cold on it and definitely stop what you're doing. And, you know, if it's a serious injury, we want to try to elevate that area. But the common recommendation is cold comes on first and, you know, make sure hopefully you can talk to someone about what's happening. Okay, and and last, for cool downs, that's the time to stretch, yes? Mm -hmm. I love the static stretching in the cool down. And I think that that's the time where you do the stretches where, you know, you work on your hamstrings and you hold it for 30 seconds and you, you might do some of them lying down on the floor where you can relax and really kind of get into the stretch. So the goal for the after-workout stretches, which is a wonderful goal, is to actually improve our ranges of motion around our joints. And after the workout is the time where we're usually tired. We All the joints have tons of blood flow through them. The muscles are, you know, tired. It's a great time to kind of take your time and do those really good stretches. That's when I do pigeon pose because if I do I it any it. any other time, it, it's just agony. But if right. I do it then, you can really sort of get down and, and bend those knees, right? Yeah, and you can relax into it too because after your workout, your body is more relaxed. You've kind of burned off a lot of those stress hormones and, you know, you're into a good breathing pattern and it is a time to really kind of focus a little more on those stretches and, and try to relax and, and really be grateful that you were able to do the workout and you were able to work hard and it's a time to kind of give your body a little bit more kindness. (laughs) That's great advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was my pleasure. We're going to hear from Stacey again soon, but we've got to take a short break. We'll be right back on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of the Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighborhoods in Toronto. It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine, and vice versa. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. 
Carolyn Tanner Cohen is the owner and founder of Delicious Dish Cooking School in Toronto. She's been teaching cooking classes for 17 years. She has a science background which edifies her interest in health and fueling the body with foods that will optimize health. Carolyn teaches people how to meal plan, eat healthy, cook with natural whole foods, and organize their kitchen. She teaches new cooks, seasoned cooks, university students who are living on their own for the first time, nannies, housekeepers, and everyone in between. For more information about Carolyn, visit deliciousdish.ca. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Hi, Jamie. I'm great. How are you? I have my good days and I have my bad days. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I think a lot of people with the social isolation are, are experiencing the same thing. Sometimes you wake up and you are raring to go and you can face the day. And then other days, it's a little bit harder. It's and, true. you know, us, you know, we're, when we're all on our own, you know, usually talking to somebody sort of makes us feel better, but we have to look for other ways, I think, to, to boost our mood. Yeah. 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 I find Mondays really hard. Tell me why. Uh, sorry. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. That did you get funny. that one? Yeah. Okay. I did. That was a little lady. That was a little ladies joke for you. Yeah. Okay. So I think what people don't realize is there are foods that help you feel better, right? Yeah. Absolutely. There are foods that help you feel better. And there are foods that make you feel worse. Well, where do you want to start? You want to start with the ones that make you feel better or make you feel worse? Um, I think we should probably start with the ones that make you feel worse. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So let's do that. And it's because it's really easy to eat these worse foods when we're hanging out at home all the time. Right. Okay. So let's definitely start. So first of all, we all have caffeine in the morning. Right? I mean, most of us do, whether it's in the form of green tea or coffee. We have caffeine. Uh, even though green tea might be healthier, we still all have caffeine. And some of us drink some caffeinated soft drinks. It's fine to have a bit, but doing it all day long and drinking a coffee after coffee after coffee is really not good for us. It dehydrates us and leaves us feeling irritable, jumpy, and prone to withdrawal headaches. Stick to your routine that you might have had when you were at work, maybe one coffee in the morning and maybe one in the afternoon, but don't be pounding it down all day long. Right. Okay. Agreed. Sugar is a problem. And I know it's a problem because you can't find sugar in the grocery stores right now. Right. It's almost impossible. People really want to have comfort foods, so they're baking a lot right now. That's what I find in my business. And frankly, I'm baking a lot right now. It's fine. It's comforting and it's taking up time. But... You want to avoid all the sugary foods. It might feel good to eat a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream when we're, you know, low. In the moment, it, it feels pretty good, I have to yeah. say. But you'll have a crash and you'll have the energy crash. So when you're sitting at your desk and you're not around people and you're working from home in the mid-afternoon, what you do not want to do is pick up a sugary snack. Go with something different, which we will get into. Okay. Okay. Okay, and the other last thing that I really want to talk about is alcohol. We all love to have a drink at night, or but even though we can drink at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the afternoon because we're not driving anywhere, it's not a great idea. No. So maybe stick to your routine that you were having before, maybe one or two drinks a week or one drink at night or whatever it might have been, but try to not drink as much. And the reason for that, obviously, is alcohol is a depressant for those who aren't thinking about it. So, yeah. yes, you know, a shot may be necessary in the moment or you may feel like you just need it to unwind, but you'll pay for it later. And yeah. obviously, you know, there are different drinks with different alcohol contents. So, you know, you got to pace yourself if you're having something that has higher alcohol content in it. And, you know, you, you may have a hangover later. So you got to think about that. And it's not good for your sleep. And we still, we still need sleep, even though we're sort of in a much more restful state right now. 
Right. Let's move along to the, some of the yeah. nutrients that we need that make us feel better and where we yeah. can get them in our food. Okay. So first of all, I'd like to talk about Brazil nuts. They're very overlooked Brazil nuts and they're an amazing, and you can get them at all the health food stores and the health food stores are a great place to shop because they're pretty quiet. And they're a great source of the mineral called selenium. And studies have shown that people who are low in selenium have increased rates of depression, irritability, anxiety, and tiredness. So you want to up your selenium. Right. You know what? Truthfully, I do like nuts, but Brazil nuts are not my favorite. I don't think they're anybody's favorite. Do no, you... I totally agree. Uh, so, totally agree. So what are you doing? Are you chopping them up and putting them in stuff? Okay, what are you doing? so I do them in two ways. I really try to get three Brazil nuts in a day. It's kind of like medicine for me. Okay. So I keep them in my fridge. By the way, just as a little aside, all nuts and seeds should live in the fridge or freezer. Correct. Because they do go rancid, and Brazil nuts especially. So I'll have like a half of, or a whole banana at a time with three Brazil nuts. So I'll cut it up, and I'll cut up the banana, put a couple of Brazil nuts, and it kind of masks the flavor, that starchy flavor of the Brazil nut. But just try to get them in. Or you could just smash them up and sprinkle them on your morning yogurt if okay. you eat yogurt in the morning. Okay. The other thing I want to talk about is fish, especially oily fishes that have a high omega-3. So studies have shown that people who are deficient in omega-3 fatty acids are more susceptible to low mood. And these fatty acids make up a large percentage of our brain tissue. So you could get it from salmon and mackerel and sardines. Right. So those are really good. Yeah. But not every fish, right? There are fish that are higher in omega-3s, which you mentioned, but not all fish is the same. That's correct. But what I did the other night for dinner is I made a pasta with a few cans of mackerel and I had a can of sardines so I threw it in there too so I just boiled up some noodles and then in a fry pan I had heated up some olive oil I threw in some garlic and some chili flakes just dried chili flakes I threw in my oily fish with the mackerel and the sardines in there chopped it up a little bit and then I threw the pasta on top of it with a tiny bit of pasta water and it made a beautiful sauce if you want to jazz that up a bit you could take some panko breadcrumbs and put them on top for a little bit of texture yeah because we make a it's actually sicilian style with anchovies which is similar to the other fish that you made so if you want a little bit of texture in with your fish pasta that's the way to go yeah and it's a cheap dinner so it's a really yep. good use of your pantry staple Okay, so oats are another thing, believe it or not. Most people don't realize that. Oats are a very effective mood booster because of their low GI, and they slowly release into the bloodstream, which keeps the blood sugar low and your mood stable. So as opposed to providing that rush that you might get from something sugary, which will leave you feeling irritable. And also, oats contain selenium, which helps, we talked about this before, which helps balance out the mood. Okay. Okay. Yep. No, okay. I, you don't need to tell me about oats because I have them every every morning for breakfast. And, and you're in business. Yeah. And people should recognize if you're going to get the oats, either get the steel cut or get the full flakes. Don't go for the instant. Don't go for yes. the packets that you just add water to. True. Nutritionally, they are not the same. It's not the same thing. It takes yeah. a little bit longer. I batch make my oats four servings at a time and you can keep yeah. it in the fridge and you reconstitute it later, it's perfectly fine and perfectly Do you do healthy. it in your, in, in your, like an instant pot or a pressure cooker? I don't. You know, I we have an induction range, which is very manageable heat. And it's, yeah. about, it's about 15 minutes on the stove. Oh, perfect. Or some people do them in a rice cooker sometimes. Yeah. Okay. And if you put the Brazil nuts on your oats with a banana, which contains tryptophan, which also helps the mood boosting hormone serotonin, you're really in business. Yeah, let's talk yeah. more about tryptophan. Okay. 
So tryptophan you could also find in chicken and, uh, sorry, turkey. Yep. And turkey is a great mood booster. And what happens with that is that what's great about turkey is it also helps to increase your intake of the amino acid tryptophan, which the body uses to make serotonin, which is a mood boosting neurotransmitter. Yeah, that's why you feel sleepy after Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yeah. It's the turkey. That and the fact you probably ate like five portions of stuff. Yeah, stuffing, way too but, much. But turkey actually does make you a little bit sleepy. So, yeah. you know, if you're having trouble sleeping and sleep is important to your mental health, this would be a way to go. It's a natural way to go. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely chicken and turkey is a great idea. We could also eat spinach, which is a mood-boosting food. When you're deficient in certain B vitamins, Studies have shown that that has been linked to depression. So serotonin production can actually be hindered by low vitamin D levels. So you want to increase your spinach or increase your vitamin B. Is that the same for all leafy greens or is it spinach in particular that we should be Spinach thinking? is quite high, but leafy greens are very good for vitamin B, so yeah. vitamin B12. Yeah, I'm more, of a and folate. Ka- I'm more of a kale guy than a spinach guy. It's just a texture thing for me, but I totally get it. Yeah, and kale, you know, you uh, we're getting aside here, but you should always massage it a little of bit course. to make it easier to digest. With salt okay. and olive oil, 100%. Yep. <laughs> salt and oil. And actually, olive oil is not just making it taste good. It actually helps to absorb the vitamins. Yeah, no, I know. And, and it actually helps you break down the fibers. I was being serious. When we massage yeah. the kale, we do it with salt and oil. Yeah. Okay, so we've been doing like the healthy foods that people are probably rolling their eyes, but we only have a couple minutes left. I think we should focus on that food that everybody loves that makes you feel better. I know what you're talking about. It's chocolate. 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 Now, we're not talking about milk chocolate here, Jamie, or like white chocolate. No, it's got to be candy. It's got to be dark chocolate. Yes. So a small square or two or five of dark chocolate could help, causes the brain to release endorphins and boost serotonin levels. Yes. So eat your dark chocolate. Yesterday afternoon, I was cooking and I looked in my pantry and I saw a beautiful bar of 70% dark chocolate. And I said, I deserve this and I can have it. And it's actually good for me. I'm going to go for that. I talk myself into eating dark chocolate every night that I deserve it. And you talk (laughs) yourself into it. It's a very short discussion. It's like, oh, where is it? I should eat it. Yeah, I love dark chocolate. There's this brand that I like from Belgium. You can get it at Lady York where you and I bump into each other. Yeah. And it's expensive, but it's delicious. And the thing is, it's a little treat. You don't need to eat much. But, you know, some people prefer chocolate to sex, if you can imagine. Seriously, you could do both, Jamie. It's true, but that's for a different show. That is. You know, the other thing is we, you really should remember, though, drink lots of water. Yeah. I know we talk about that for all the time, but it's really, really important. And I have a water challenge every single day. I try to drink a liter before noon and another liter before five. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you have your pee break now because because we're out of time. But thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're so welcome. You're going to come back next month to discuss more cooking advice. Yes? Absolutely. For sure. Can't wait. Fantastic. That was Carolyn Tanner Cohen. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, George Barakat, Phil Warren, Stacey Irvine, and Carolyn Tanner-Cohen. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. And for great articles written by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. During COVID-19, we're suspending distribution of the magazine, but Tonic is generally available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback, 
or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Next week on the show, we'll discuss natural skin care, divorce and COVID-19, improving your digestion and sex and depression. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.